Hello, valued listener. In our uh, rush to get to social hour today, I forgot to tell you the number of the episode. It's episode 65 of Off the Crossbar, uh, Ray Al Salt Lake podcast. Enjoy. Yeah, I remember, I remember after the game, after the Portland game, there was a moment where I thought, we don't have to like analyze that game because it was trash all around. I, like, I don't want to analyze the game. I don't yeah. want to discuss the game. There That's was a moment the that you whole thought that? Point. There was several moments that I thought that, but that Did was like change? an hour after the game. I was like, we don't have to podcast about this game. Let's just skip it, or let's just say like that was the thing that happened and move on. But but we're, now you're going to talk about it. No, Sorry. I still don't want to, but we are going to, so that's we, fine. We could just do an hour of social hour. Do you not want to be on social hour? You know, I, there's someone in particular I think that might really like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're going to listen to podcasts though. Unfortunately, uh, it was a okay. Uh, here, here's the thing about that review. So here's well here's a couple things. First of here's all, what, here's what Kyle's talking about, real quick. Here's no. Here's three things. One, Trevor, <laughs> you can tap the night off if you don't want to talk to talk about <laughs> about. No, because like I was like I said, I was going to raise an objection to like how many gotcha. bullet points okay. we have under the game. I'm, I'm happy you're but here. Then I realized that. It, it's going to be a lost objection, and I don't want to start off with I, I that kind of I honestly don't care much about, about this I don't podcast. care much about the game itself. I think I'm with you to a certain extent on the game, but I, there's a lot of stuff around the game that I would like to yeah. talk about. But um, okay, so this review in particular, I, and I take issue with this only for one reason. I, I'm I'm full, I'm I'm very supportive of people giving us negative reviews. I, I don't care. This is <laughs> the first review I've ever read for a podcast. So we this might be what they all say. I'm not sure, but it says. Bad pot. The it's it's one out of five. <laughs> title is bad podcasters. Body. If you want to spend thirty minutes listening to things that are not soccer related or interesting to you, unless you are friends with the hosts, listen to this podcast. So here's the thing. <laughs> Sometimes we I understand that we spend a lot of time, you know, socially, as we say, uh, talking about what we're up to, things that we're doing. The thing about that, though, is that, one, this podcast is just, uh, we, we make this just so we can hang out with each other. Okay, that's that's the first. The second being that I think a lot of things that we talk about sometimes are often very helpful. Sometimes we're recommending good television shows, video games, even locations that we visited, restaurants. Join the AARP. Yeah. Join, if in case you need eye insurance, there's like a pretty decent way why did I call it eye insurance vision insurance there's a pretty decent way to get uh you know medically necessary contacts for a decent price in case your insurance doesn't cover them um yeah we're, a lot provi- of, we're providing a service really we are and also I'm very like if you if you are a person of the celiac having variety boy you've you've stumbled across this might as well be a nutritional podcast for you as well so <laughs> And we, you don't have to know us personally to know that there's some delightful gluten-free goods out there that we've recommended over the episode. So anyway, it's, true. it's not going to stop. That's <laughs> what, what I'm saying. So I'm sorry that there is at least one person that feels that way. There's probably more. I assume everyone that listens to this feels this way, except for yeah. my mom. Your um, mom's great, though. 
Yeah. And my mom is my friend. So that's not a very good point uh, against uh, the reviewer. So anyway. Um, I'd like to dispute what Trevor said in that there are a lot of bullet points under this match. um, Because (laughs) the first one is just the word. There are three. The first is the word UG. So, you know. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of bullets. Um, The only thing I wanted to say about that review was like, you could become our friend and then it might be interesting to you. No, exactly. It's closed now. (laughs) (laughs) You can become friends with Kyle and Trevor and Matt will remain friendless. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, you know, listeners that are not our friends are just our yet to be friends i guess it's not like i was gonna say enemies so that's probably better. <laughs> Sorry. yes that's that too Ooh, I, do have, uh, I do have good news they're investigators they haven't been converted yet i was informed by our listener bart who met me that, that his, his name, name is, bart. is in fact bart nice yes. news of the app i saw that that was great that was very nice should yeah, so everyone could be like news section of the doc. That's right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we don't have a lot of news today, so that does count as a news item. But I mean, okay. So let's quickly start out social hour. Um, I'll just go first because I'm already talking. I had a very busy weekend uh, doing a lot of family related stuff, and um, but I did on Sunday get some time to go make a quick drive through uh up guardsman pass uh in big conwood canyon and it was very delightful and very pretty so much so that i think i'm actually going to um maybe go up for like sunrise one of these days early this week which is not something i like to do because i like to sleep uh but it's that good right now that i think i might do that so if you are interested in seeing fall colors in the mountains this is very much peak fall right now Hmm. And uh highly recommend you go make a little drive because it's it's delightful up there. I'm also eating sour jelly beans from Trader Joe's and they are incredibly sour. And oh, really? I, like in a, yes. a good sour way? In a in a very good sour way. I think they're very okay. yummy. Okay. Um not like a really, painful sour way. No, not like warheads where it's like mm. it just kind of like burns. It's like yeah. it's very, very it's like very flavorful sourness. Like and it's not like the like i like sour skittles but for some reason with those they just kind of that like whatever powdery thing is on it it just kind of starts to burn my mouth after a while yeah yeah that's what i'm thinking of when i say like painful sour like sour skittles is exactly what i'm talking about yeah no there's not that it's just like the mouth watering like good flavorful sour it's very yummy nice anyway so big recommend recommendation there uh did i did i tell yeah. you guys about the last time not, maybe not the last time but close to the last time i was up in guardsman pass what happened nope. <laughs> so i was going up and over guardsman pass because there was an accident on parley's uh, in parley's canyon right yeah past the kimball junction exit right so they had the freeway shut down oh and so what that yeah. meant is everybody started taking guardsman's pass coming from the wyoming side trying to get into utah or trying to get into Salt Lake, which meant a whole bunch of semis were going oh, through Guardsman's no. Pass. Which, if you've never been up Guardsman's Pass, semis can't go through Guardsman's Pass. There's Dude, those insanely turn- tight switchbacks. At least three turns in particular that are just no. Yeah, and the road is like barely wide enough for like cars, like car cars, two cars. It's yeah. a very tight road, and yeah, so we almost got hit by like four semis. And Dude, then they had to seems... shut down Guardsman's Pass about 30 minutes later because 
semis, bunch of semis like, got stuck. I like there are so many of those like really tight turns where it's just like no oh yeah boy. no it's, it's really impossible signs stuff. that say like oh no there's definitely signs but when okay. the freeway's shut down and your gps well, is like well let's get to salt lake another way that's the only other way that they are given so truck drivers that aren't familiar with guardsman's pass i mean obviously the correct way would have been to hosed. go south to provo canyon but yeah wow that's gnarly oh yeah it was a mess Oh man. Okay. Anyway, well, Trevor. No, you're absolutely right. I was in Park City two days. Wait, hang on. What day is today? Is today Monday? Today's yeah. Monday. I was in Park City on Friday. It's great. And very pretty. All the oh. mountains are changing colors. It's gorgeous right now. Definitely go up there if you have the chance. All right. Trevor, why don't you take us away with your update? Um, I do I do have kind of a fun update for me. I don't know mm. how much other people will care about it, but I went to church I mean, for the first time in like three years. Okay. Congrats. Congratulations. <laughs> um, my brother. No, it was a congratulations. My brother went to, not went to, my brother had a, my brother's wife had a kid. So they had to do the baby blessing. Nice. And I went to that and I realized that like a year ago, I went out and bought a whole bunch of like dress shirts, different colors, different styles, different things. So I would like be prepared in any circumstance happens that i needed a dress shirt whether it was going to church or whether it was going to a wedding or whatever it was Uh, or no this was like just before covid hit that's what i did just before covid hit i went out and bought a whole bunch of shirts and um (laughs) thought i was ready to go i went and tried on all the shirts two of them fit and they were the two that i had before (laughs) i went and bought all these (laughs) And I had a couple of ties and I pulled them out and it turns out that only one of them is like not dirty. <laughs> so I ended up wearing the same clothes that I had, not the same one. Cause I had a new shirt. Um, one of the new shirts fit. Nice. So I had a new shirt, the same pants and the same tie that I had for like the last five Classic. years. So nice all that preparation zero benefit yeah so i was supposed to be moving into uh my new house um end of september or end of august initially was when we signed um and that was also the date and understanding i had when we put our stuff in storage so uh i went into packing stuff up for storage thinking that i'd be in that I'd be pulling the stuff out of storage at the end of August, beginning of September. That's turned into first week of November. And um, it's a lot colder in November. Yeah. It turns out that all of my like fall and warm clothing is in storage for the most part. I mean, I've got like hoodies and like a couple jackets and stuff, but like all my nice like fall colored clothing is all in there. And that's also been the same thing with my like nicer dress clothes too. Cause I don't really have a lot of reasons to wear them, but I've gone to a, f- a few weddings this summer and it's been a challenge, including to one over the weekend, uh, went to a wedding, um, and another event that required nicer attire. And I was very stressed about it. Cause I don't feel like I've got my, uh, I'm not just to the nines, especially when I know that I've got good stuff in storage. So, um, but Hey, you know, I should have, uh, prepared like you did and bought a bunch of shirts that would end inevitably not end up fitting but yeah real bummer anyway well that's nice i'm they also glad did, uh, they did uh it was open mic day at the church 
Yeah, it's fast and testimony, meaning I know that, but I like oh, calling I it open mic night because that's nice. a fun. way better name for it. That's a good, that was a good bit. guitar or what? <laughs> no, I just like, I didn't think that, because like I grew up in the church, so I know how it works, but I didn't think that next weekend was general conference, which oh. means that it's the last week in, or the last Sunday in September is fast and testimony, meaning for October. I see. So I just wasn't expecting it to be open mic night at all. And it was. And how was that? No disrespect to people that go to church all the time and live it and believe it and all that. That's awesome. But I've never enjoyed fast and testimony meetings like ever since I was like 13. So it was really not at all enjoyable for me. Not because like I don't like church or going to church. I just I particularly don't like fast and testimony meeting. Hearing from randos. Yeah, because it's, I mean, you guys know if you've ever been, it's the same thing like every time. It's the same, not the same people, but it's the same like stories. Somebody gets up and they tell the same joke and then they have an emotional story that gets them very emotional. And like it's emotional for them and I don't want to downplay that, but it's a story like as they're telling it, you're like, this is an important (laughs) thing at all. Like, I'm glad that it strengthened your testimony, but this is not this is a non-event that you're getting super excited about do you think that's how people that that's how people feel about social hour yeah yeah probably (laughs) anyway so yeah that was my weekend i went to a baby blessing and went to a lunch afterwards and i got to hold my nephew for the first time and he drooled all over my shirt but that's what kids do so classic baby move right there if if you held me, I'd probably drool all over your shirt too. I've that's got right. kind of a drooly mouth. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Matt, what's going on with you, my friend? So I'm actually a little offended that Trevor didn't mention this in his social hour update. Oh no! But I went to lunch <laughs> with Trevor. Yeah, what the? You and, no, we went we went to dinner at one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of true. <laughs> so we went to uh, Bricks Corner, a Detroit style pizza place. I don't think it's quite in the bounds of Sugar House. It's just north of 21st South. That's uh, what we call like the uh, headwaters of Sugar House. Yeah, oh, it's like man. 14th okay. South, give or take, yeah, on 700 like, East. Yeah. Something like that. 14, 1500. Anyway, uh, I ate the strangest gluten-free pizza I've ever eaten. <laughs> um, so most of the time I can say the words gluten-free pizza and you'll think about a crust that's maybe not ideal. Still kind of bready. Maybe it's like a cracker. Lots of cracker crust. That's not unusual, actually. And occasionally you get a good crust. Um, this crust was made of Italian sausage. This like, was their, this was their combo. Italian. Yeah, it was their combo keto <laughs> gluten-free crust. It was just Italian <laughs> sausage for the it crust. It is interesting that they very notably do call it a gluten-free crust, though. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. on the menu? Oh, well, yeah. They... Yeah. They say that they have a gluten-free crust available, and they also have a keto crust available. But and they're the, the explanation, same. They're the same thing. Yeah. Is that always the case, or was this just that day that that was like? No, they, I think that's, that's always the case. That's what it said on the menu because I pulled it up and I looked at the gluten-free thing, and it was like, <laughs> read the description. Wow. And I was like, oh, this is a sausage patty. That really is put like your pizza on. It's like the equivalent of just saying like. It'd be like if you know that um, that KFC sandwich with like the the double down or the whatever. Double down. 
Yeah, it's like yeah. if that instead of that being fried chicken it was just like grilled chicken, and they were like, "Yeah, this is our gluten free sandwich." <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, great!" Is like, I'm assuming there's like a decent like gluten free bun option going on here, and they're like, "No, yeah. it's just a sandwich between two patties of chicken," <laughs> which is exactly what that is. So that's so fascinating to me that they it, advertise it, was it like that. pretty good. Um, nice. In fact, it was it was really good, and the sauce was great. The cheese was good. It was the pepperoni was good, but it the was not greasiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, there was like a pool of grease at the bottom of my plate, uh, which you know. But it did. It yeah, did it honestly fun. look delicious. It was really tasty. Trevor's yeah. pizza looked tasty, but inedible to my me. Pizza so. was like too much i think so i got they they have like a um a beef dip pizza is yeah. what they call it like the italian roast beef dip um yeah it's just like too much stuff on top of the pizza mm. it was like shredded roast beef and roasted peppers and they had like the au jus that you could dip it in and then they had like the jardiniere that you could sprinkle across the top and it was just a really it was hard to put in my mouth <laughs> man all right fair enough but uh, no it was it was delicious absolutely recommend it but like i said it was (laughs) i was expecting their personal pizza size to be like manageable for lunch but it was much bigger than i was expecting but really delicious definitely recommend it it's good to know um yeah that's not uh, I mean, I do like sausage, but that might be too much meat for me. I'm not sure. Who knows? Yeah, it, it is a lot of meat. <laughs> but no, no two ways about it. Uh, if you want to go, Kyle, with me, I will split a pizza with you. That sounds. And I like think that's probably a more appropriate amount of food. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Really All right. That's good to know. What else is going on, Matt? Other than the. Uh, Pizza yeah, I've, been excursion. Rack, I've been racking my brain trying to remember if there is anything else going on. I don't think so. That's um, fine. Yeah, you know, just happy to be here. Same. <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to draw this out further. We're not even 20 minutes yet, but <laughs> I guess we'll I listen know. to a listener complaint for once and uh, cut social hours short. This is right? very notably not about the listener complaint. I promise this is not. This is just because it was a busy weekend for me. I mean, oh, I could talk about the show um, Lula Rich that I've been wa- oh, watching. I did watch Lula Rich. Oh, we I've talked been... about that at lunch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Just we started did, but... watching that last night. It's a very good show about how insane um, MLMs are and um, how bad they are. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. They're really bad, to be that's clear. something. What else? did i watch oh i watched oh i watched the movie contagion um i think that was th- that might have been friday night thursday for the night. first time yeah the okay. steven soderbergh film yeah um it is very interesting i mean it's interesting to watch in the era of coronavirus is a stupid thing to say but i just did say that but it is kind of funny to see how like i mean we haven't had a global pandemic in a very long time and when he made that movie it had been a very long time and it was obviously pre COVID. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of funny to see how he thought people would react to certain things. I think he assumed a lot more people would be willing or be uh, wanting to take the vaccine, which is kind of funny, <laughs> like <laughs> rob people's house type 
behavior. Um, huh. but uh, it was just kind of funny, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was, it was pretty good. Um, it, yeah, it was a decent movie, but yeah, kind of, kind of interesting. It's an interesting watch at this point. They talk about a lot of the, a, a lot of, uh, things like a lot of the early, days of the of the pandemic in the film they w- was basically a lot of the exact same type of discussions we were having early on a lot of the uh being very concerned about like surfaces and that type of thing um you know anyway yeah. so yeah pretty cool that's it's a good a, movie yeah, I think that's I, it i watched that one when it came out and i was i mean i don't think it's like best picture worthy but it was a really good movie i really enjoyed it <laughs> Yeah, um, really I, I'm like a bit of a sucker for like horror movies of that variety. And this yeah. wasn't that like it's like a it's like a it's a science drama, I guess mm. you could it's say like a, like a scary thriller. Yeah, it's it's not. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, it is kind of it is scary, but it's like it's not like a horror movie. Like there's movies that are like. Uh, there's this Spanish movie. Is it like Outbreak? I don't know. There's some other ones oh, that are like very. Was it early 2000s? Yeah, you know what I'm I talking about. I remember that movie. I watched they, it. They, uh, they made an American version of it, oh. I, it, which was literally just like the same movie. I liked the Spanish one more. Yeah. Um, what but yeah. movie are you guys talking about? <laughs> I don't remember the name. I can't remember what I've it's actually called. Been trying to Google it. I thought it was something about contagion, but it's like I was it's wrong. Like, it sounds like Outbreak. It's like, uh, and it's like it's like this virus that turn, but it turns people into like straight up zombie people, like yeah, scary zombies. It's good. Oh, like world war Z. Yeah. But it's like, it's more claustrophobic than world war Z. Um, it's like, I can't, wow. What is that called? I don't know. Anyway, somebody leave remember, a review know. with the name of that movie in it. Oh Hope yeah. So. This is how we're going to get people to listen to our podcast is everyone says like, Oh, rate and review. Even a negative review helps us get attention, right? Yeah. We just want you to leave answers to our questions as a review. That would be so funny. There's just yeah. like a random review that just has the exact title of that movie that I'm trying to think of that I just cannot remember. You can even roll a die to decide how you want to vote. Like, I don't, it's fine. Yeah. That's really good. Anyway. Um, yeah. So I think that's all I can drag it out. But anyway, it was a good effort. I did my best. Appreciate it. Um, we could talk about that Jordan Clarkson stuff, which is really funny. Oh, that was really good. Oh, if you haven't seen goodness. that, go just search Jordan Clarkson interview. It should come yeah. right up. It's yeah. fantastic. This should we woman not spoil who works it? for KUTV, I this think. Poor lady. This poor She's woman. trying to do her job. She's trying to do some street journalism, and it went poorly when she accidentally found Jordan Clarkson on the street. Um, Without he's so, realizing, he's just of so cool and fun though. I really like Jordan Clarkson a lot. He's yeah, he took that in stride. It was it was pretty he great did, actually. He, did you even, <laughs> he just he's just you, a chiller. I like that guy. Did you hear what he did at Media Day today? Yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> he walks in, sits down, and is just like, now does anybody need me to spell my name? <laughs> and then he did spell his name. Anyway. Very funny. Very cool guy. It's very good. Anyway, so that's it. Now we can get to All the right. UG portion. Oh, we can get to the news and then the UG portion. Oh, yeah. News. One, Bobby Wood is still injured, but he's now listed as questionable in the next match report. So, uh, oh, that's really? better than it's nice. been. That's and good. Did, did we talk about, oh, have we talked about how Brody is no longer on the injury report at all? 
which is very fascinating to me. Like he recovered from that surgery very quickly. I feel, I feel like, yeah, it's just yeah, about like fitness now. Right. Yeah. And who knows how long that takes. Yeah. He said he was out of, he was not fit, which obviously yeah. you would expect, but, but that's, and this is what I don't understand because I'm not on the team, but if he's like not fit, like that's the excuse we've been given for Bobby Wood a lot Being on the injury list. Why right? is he not still like listed as questionable or listed as out? Because he's like, if he's clearly not going to play because he's still recovering or rehabbing or getting back to fitness or whatever, why is he not listed on the injury report? I don't know. I take it up with soon to be or newly minted man. That's in the news in the second. Okay. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, next item, Marcelo Silva is still injured. Oh, wait, I did want to exclamation yeah, point that, Yes, that that is a thing. I was going to mention about Bobby because there was some discussion about on Twitter. People were just confused about why, like where he's been. Oh, yeah. Um, And so I I, like mentioned it in a tweet because I talked I talked to the club about it. Um, He like was recovering from his injury and then got like a bad stomach stomach illness or like a food sickness or or something. And that set him back a bit. Um, Yeah. So that that was what happened at the end of uh, or. beginning of september it was like september 10th that was what was going on so and then it's just been getting back to fitness i guess from there which so, never mind yeah, we talked about it that's anyway so Marcelo Silva is still injured <laughs> yep yeah um which is based on what we saw the other day a bummer um yeah yeah i don't i'm i'm not I don't, i'm feeling pretty bad about center backs right now <laughs> The thing we play a formation that relies on having several oh, center backs. The, okay, we'll talk about that. Yeah, that's we, kind we of the certainly thing. will. Yeah. Um, other news item. Uh, Trevor, read this one out. Do you want to wait? I'll highlight one, it the, in the document the for you. <laughs> I thought we should say what I was going to say is we should save this one for last. We should swap three and four. All right. This one, ju- number four, just made it on. Uh, it just says Daddy Toya. Because Donnie Toya had his partner spouse had a child. Is this his first child? child? Second child. Yeah, second. That sounds good to me. That's what the tweet said. (laughs) The tweet said that his wife partner. I don't remember what her name was, but I just looked at her and hit like and move on. (laughs) Kid's name is Hudson, which as in the river. I guess. Huh. It's cute. I don't like it, but it's not my kid, so that's fine. <laughs> wow. Okay. I didn't realize we're gonna have to. That's. I've got pretty strong opinions on baby names. Hudson's a bad one. Wow. Sorry, Donnie. Okay. It's totally your kid. Name your that's... kid whatever you want. I want to make that clear. But I have a dear family friend named Hudson, but it's fine. Oh. I'm sure. I'm sure wow, he's a great Trevor. guy. Yeah, he's I great. Just don't like the name. Sorry. Okay. Well, you know, take it, it up with my my dear friend Hudson. I guess I'll take it up with his parents. All right, Scott and Nikki. <laughs> Be on the lookout. <laughs> okay. The fourth and final item under news is Trey Fitzgerald uh, of RSL fame is now back with RSL. Nice. He's been Ta-da. officially hired. He takes the role that was left vacant by Matt Gashk leaving the club, um, which is the senior director of communications and PR. Cool. That's like his official title. He, I yeah. guess, is telling people it's director of communications, which I guess is probably the same thing. But yeah, I don't know, to be extremely specific and anal yeah. about it, senior director of communications and PR. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, which, which is, is pretty what? sweet. Uh, in the video that the RSL show did with Trey to announce that, I like the emphasis that Trey put on the word officially. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Trey was like, I'm officially back at the club or something. I, was like, wow. <laughs> I have seen him at the stadium a couple times. So I know. Well, he was there. Times. I know. He, <laughs> I'm not sure. Yes. Anyway, yeah. we'll have Trey on soon and we can talk about the new role because yeah. it's been we should have introduced that as notable off the crossbar guest we should have uh yeah that was an oversight on my part sorry guys that was your fault and i will say that like if you're in case you're trying to get a director position at a company i think it's pretty clear all you need to do is appear on this podcast and you're a shoe in because this is a doctor or a doc if you're trying to be an emergency room doctor and you're yeah something like that or a research um, doctor research the, doctor the, those are the same thing yeah a doctor of just any focuses, kind right that's right yeah um they can just to, diagnose whatever yeah how many how many other people have we had as guests on this have we only had three or what we does jason do <laughs> he's a jason doc- is a doctor of he's a doctor <laughs> In ca- okay, so if you want to become a director at a company or a sports organization, something like that, if you want to be a doctor, either of the, um, you know, in, in some capacity, we're talking doctorate degrees or practicing in emergency rooms, or if you want to have extremely tall Peruvian sons, uh, <laughs> all you need to do is appear on this podcast, I believe. Yeah, and so. if, if you would like to fit into one of those please leave us a review on iTunes <laughs> with your and, home phone and yes. uh, email and address. Definitely put all that out. And pick which one of those four options you'd like for us to uh, make happen for you, whether that's yeah. the Peruvian child of great stature or uh, professional advancement of some kind. All right. So. Anyway, congrats to Trey. Cool. Yeah. We're all we're all very happy that he's back. And congrats to Jason for having such tall sons. <laughs> but yes, uh, very glad Trey is back. Oh man, I've just been talking to Jason a lot, so he's been on my mind. Jason's that's fair. You know, sometimes I'll go like a long time without talking to Jason, and then some days, Jason just we can't we can't stay out of each other's DMs. You know, just sliding in constantly. Yeah funny jason intersection he tweeted about a restaurant that he went to and he lives in like dallas or fort worth somewhere Ooh, in that the area quesadilla place yeah the oh, quesadilla place and i saw like where it was or the name of it and i found it and it turns out that my favorite burger place in texas is like around the corner from it it's like two blocks away <laughs> i used to go there all, right. all the time when i lived there but not the quesadilla place I had no idea you I lived in Texas. So, but I did a lot. I mean, like I ate at a lot of places when I was down there. And mm. if it was like a Spanish or Latino place, I didn't really remember any of the names. So mm. I might have eaten there, but I certainly haven't had quesadilla. Fascinating. So right, I guess well, I have to go back down to Dallas and guess so. try some quesadilla. Can you bring Jason and his family back with you? <sighs> I don't think... His sons will fit in my car. I think we have to get. <laughs> when is Jason? Well, we can. I, I, I thought he was supposed to visit Utah this summer. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Probably COVID, mean, to be honest. COVID. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. got, it might have got turned into a trip to Peru. That oh, sometimes yeah. happens. It was like, but it, I think we, the last time he had mentioned it, I thought it was like, uh, 
when back when we were when things were a bit less covid e you know yeah hmm. well just turn into like, come visit us yes yeah. for sure record an episode with us it you might have turned into our plans for we could do that remotely but it'd be fun to do that one in person potentially yeah anyway <laughs> all right you all huddle around one mic like we used to do we so each then, had our own mics no, I'm talking oh, with, you Matt mean with, Jason. Did, with Jason. We just yes. sat in Matt's living room. Yeah, it didn't sound great. And then Matt's dad would occasionally chime in from the kitchen. Yeah, that was yeah. the lo-fi version. Yeah. I'm off the crossbar. This is the hi-fi version. That's right. <laughs> All right. It's, uh, it's been a fun podcast, but I'm afraid it's time to make it bad. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> we, I don't uh, think we can play it any longer. We, we played Portland at Portland on, on Saturday. In which yep. I think a lot of people were optimistic going into that game, including me, yeah. following our defeat of Seattle. Who, I mean, Matt pointed out during the game, after the game, were very bad. Uh, and actually had a midweek game after that, right? Um, did they have the League Nations thing right after that? I don't know. They well, Which they World? lost. Or Seattle. Are we talking about Seattle, Seattle now? Yeah, yeah they talking lost about right after like, that. Seattle okay. was bad against us, and I was just trying to figure out why they were so bad against us. But I mean, we 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 played decently well, so um, yeah, that that shouldn't be ignored. That's fair. Yeah, no, yeah, we played well enough for me to be very optimistic that we'd be able to, like, you know, not, not be this. bad against Portland, and or at least like compete, be competitive. Yeah. Have a, a I mean, I expected us to have. I like mean, twenty minutes. Yeah. So last I time mean, we, you know, we we got scored on. It was a weird kind of back and forth game last time. It was the final score of three three two or four? Last three? time we played Portland in Portland, it was three to two. Okay, and it like got close at the end. Like we could have tied it. Like we gave up dumb goals. Um, you know. Just as we as we like to. Uh, so yeah, what happened this game? Uh, all right, I'll I'll take it away. Okay, we Go lost. Ahead, we we lost very badly. Um, and I've done a little research around this. It's uh, I think you could argue it's our worst loss since two thousand five. <laughs> um, <laughs> looking at historic results, now there are results yeah. that that stung more, or we yeah. lost against worse teams. Uh, so and in worse, worse moments, right? Like I would yeah. say like the you US know, Open, Open Cup against, yeah, that was yeah. like the worst loss I think I've seen of this from this organization. <laughs> but, but certainly it's, it's not often that we lose by a five goal margin. Uh, we did lose this one, six, one, which is good because if this happened all the time, I would, I would hate life. I was told this is the team. exact same as a loss. That's one zero though. Um, well, uh, we'll get, we'll to, get that. to that. Oh, that was good. <laughs> Sorry. Is that <laughs> on like the dog? That. No, we just, dog. we've got to talk about the game and then we've got to talk about the players and then we'll talk about Pablo. Okay. Like, we got to do this piece by piece. Um, so in doing my research, uh, we've lost one game six zero in 2005, but we did have a red card in like the first 20 minutes of that game. I think this might be our worst loss in which we had no red card. Wow. Um, because that's often what leads to a, a massive blowout for us is yeah. Kyle Beckerman gets sent off for something dumb. We fail to, you know, unify or whatever. We fail to not lose. And uh 
this this one it was not a matter of uh discipline from a foul perspective or uh, no it wasn't uh, it wasn't because like yeah it wasn't a disciplinary issue for, yeah it, right. but it, it certainly had something to do with discipline i mean um, Trevor, take it, it away take take it away so <laughs> From where? Where am I taking you away okay, from? Okay, so, so no, I just I don't know where to begin with this game because obviously yeah. we gave up two goals kind of early and then we responded. We had a response. Yeah, we didn't play well at all for like thirty minutes, the first thirty minutes, and then for the last fifteen of the first half, we decided to show up and play a little bit of soccer and we scored a goal and that was good. We went into halftime with kind of a good feeling like, hey, this might not turn into the worst thing we've ever seen from oh, this team. I forgot that it was like kind of hopeful there. It was, yeah. it was a little bit hopeful. And everybody on Twitter was like, hope? great response, guys. Let's come out strong in the second half because that's what we do. That's what our coach does. We get motivated and we come out really strong. And then we came out in the second half and gave up four goals and had zero anything going forward like of note. We obviously had shots. We had possession, but this was a team. Again, there was a game. I don't remember what game it was. Three or four games ago, where everybody was happy because we had like fifty-five percent possession. Um, but that's that's Portland's game. They let you have the possession, so you don't get to hang your hat and be like, "Guys, we possessed and passed, and we kept the ball, and we did a good job." That's what Portland is doing to you. Like they're letting you do that. They just need the one moment that you're going to make a bad pass or have a goofy turnover or something and then they're going to counter and score on you and they did that six times and by the time they did it the second or third time the whole team seemingly just stopped caring just gave up and was just like oh they broke away so i guess it's going to be a fair, goal look at that one of the times was a free kick from 70 yards away that was put up to be a 50 50 ball between well a 50 50 ball among uh tony dotkovich um Whoever the Portland player was, can't remember at this point. Byron Espria. Yeah, Espria. Second goal. Um, and, and David Ochoa just got placed right there around the penalty spot, uh, which, I mean, it was a mix between David Ochoa and Tony Dokovic just like not communicating because that should be the keeper's ball, quite honestly, with a lobbed 70-yard pass <laughs> into the box. And then... Tony just like getting outworked on it and then David being in like a terrible position off his line and then just getting scored on from just like a literal nothing free kick. Well, and there's a lot to criticize. No, I don't think there's a lot to criticize Ochoa on. He wasn't great and no keeper is good at all that gives up six goals. So yeah, I don't want to defend Ochoa too much here, but on that one specifically, like it's either Ochoa's got to go get it and with how far away it was from the goal, maybe he doesn't get there because he's not expecting it or, or whatever. But sure, it's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Tony either has to if he's not going to win that ball, he cannot let Aspria get a basically free header on it. And Aspria is a good player, and he's a good header of the ball, and he jumps really he's high. Big. He like that's his a big part of his game. But you have to disrupt that. You yeah. can't let him get virtually a free header and Ochoa can't come halfway to that ball. Yeah. And then like just get he, put in complete gotta, no man's land. Yeah. He's either got to like stay on his line yeah. or he's got to go get it. 
I mean, it, it's just another, another example. Tony David, mm-hmm. like not gelling, not being on the same page, not getting it. And it just totally not working out in our favor. Yeah. And th- I mean, there were so many other weird things. What was the first goal? I can't remember what the first goal was now. Was it? <laughs> I don't remember. The one goal in particular was very <laughs> frustrating. Was like, I'm okay. I mean, every goal was Matt's, really frustrating. Matt's tweets that he sent out with oh, I, freeze I frames. Tweet out, yeah. Little freeze frames from each goal. Uh, oh, this is one where is uh, the first one the one where Holt kept everybody on side because he decided yes, to yes, instead of yes, like yes, yes. attacking the player that's countering, he decided <sighs> to run back to the top of the six yard box and then start playing defense. Eric Holt kept two players on side, which resulted in a two Portland players versus Eric Holt situation. Um, it was that was really. Uh, and really tough. From that was a position, tough like, like we lost about the top of the box. We should not like at the top of Portland's box. Yeah. Like, that shouldn't be a, an imminently dangerous moment for us. Yeah, but we've no, seen yeah. it is. And it is. We, like Justin and Tony were caught completely out of position, which again with the system, like sometimes that might happen because they apparently have the freedom to go forward and get involved in attack. Yeah. Which is fine and like I can see the point, but <laughs> Again, like if they're caught out of position, Holt keeps everybody on side for the whole duration of everything while Justin and Tony are playing catch up the whole time. Like Holt's got to be better at recognizing that position that he's in. And also, if if you're going up against a team that you know counterattacks that like I mean, that was everyone knew that they talked about it with Albert at at the end of the game, like they knew that was going to happen. They we've already played this team. Um, maybe don't give your two out of your three defenders on the entire field, uh, the license to be in the attack. Like, yeah, why was that a thing? You, at just the same time. So I what just posted a screenshot in Slack and I just wanted to take a quick look at this. It's, uh, this is so when Paolo Ruiz, uh, tries a, I mean, it's an overly optimistic pass and I, I get that. And I, Which, I don't want to fault him specifically for that. Yeah, and again, uh, he, in that part of the field, like, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but you can see, like, Justin Glad and Aaron Herrera are both operating in, like, advanced right-wing positions. Yeah, what is Justin doing right there? We have three center backs. Why is Justin playing right-wing? And, and Tony Donkovich was playing left-wing, like, uh, some of the time. It's, and, and in this, you can see, like, he's kind of, like, just ahead of the midfield stripe in the circle, in the center circle. You can see Donkovich there. Um, so you've got Glad far right pinned to the sideline. You have Aaron Herrera slightly further forward pinned to the sideline. Uh, you have nobody like occupying middle space except, I mean, you can't say Everton Luis is occupying any meaningful space, but he's playing a defense he's like he's shadowing Blanco uh, while we have the ball. Anyway, um, it's, it's an example like, that's three five two, like this is at zero zero, and we're playing like everything forward. You know, it's it's this is the problem I think with three five two, and it's not like the numbers. It's not the it's not that you have three center backs. It's that like you are playing one maybe two center backs in this formation at a yeah. time, and you're expecting Justin Glad to get over and rotate. 
That's, and like I, I've never seen a three five two that works this way. Um, and I've never seen that it either. It works occasionally. Never. Like somehow it worked against Seattle. I still have no idea how. <laughs> it, it works in one or two specific ways, and it's not like uh, how do I say it? it? It works like occasionally in one or two very specific ways. Yeah, and that is that it help you have extra people out wide. It helps create. Um, it helps create possession and it helps create crosses into the middle, which is like, I mean, that's kind of been the game plan all year. Yeah. So it gives you extra players to do that <laughs> and it frees up other players to be doing other things from what they would normally do. So like I get it from that perspective, but yeah, you can't do that against a counterattacking team. Exactly. Like we know that's their MO that, and that's such a bad And we knew this was by plan. design because Dunny mentioned it on the broadcast as Pablo talking about, giving Justin that freedom and apparently the same freedom to Tony because before we got scored on, I was like, what is Tony doing in the 18? Like what, why is he right there? <laughs> like, yeah. We now just have Everton and Holt just kind of like lurking in the back who, I mean, but again, even then like Everton, bless him, didn't, but didn't hold back. Everton much. doesn't like in, do in the past, much these days. At yeah. all. <laughs> in the past, Everton would kind of be that second guy that stays back and generally speaking if you're attacking you can attack with eight players if you have two guys that are staying back like you can make that work yeah. not often <laughs> against a counter-attacking really team backs and i, I would yeah. make sure I, if you can make that work it's not going to be against a team like portland no in this absolutely with, not. especially with the the people that we have on this team like no offense i mean i'm someone who thinks again that like our record i, I think we have a better team than what our record indicated just on, on um, players alone. But like we do not have the personnel to be doing whatever we were thinking we were doing um, <laughs> on Saturday. Yeah. All right. Should we, let's, let's talk about the third goal because this is, this is where everything started goal. falling apart for me. <laughs> um, the first two, yeah. like the second oh, one is super wait, fluky. Before we right? talk about this, we need to oh, yeah. mention that oh, at halftime, halftime we switched to, we switched formations. Yes. Well, yeah, we slipped yeah. off Tony because he was trash. Yeah, we we took off Tony Dodkovich. We put in the powder. powder at left back mid, <laughs> left whatever back mid kind of thing. Yeah, like so, that was that was another thing. Like we switched to like a four back to like our four man back line kind of thing that we've done. But not really. But also not really. Yeah, no, because <laughs> Noah Powder was given the same responsibilities he was last time he came on, and like with a three man back line when he was playing in the midfield. Yeah. Like he tucks inside, he he moves all over. And like you if you if that's the license you're giving him and you're accommodating for that, like I get I get it, right? Yeah. Uh he has a wicked shot on him. Like we thought yeah. Paolo Ruiz could shoot from distance, which has turned Powder's out to be way balls. better. Yeah, Noah Powder yeah. keeps it on frame. Yeah. Uh, Powder from is like a much better 50 shot. yards out. Yeah. It's and he tremendous. scored incredible goals a couple goals for the monarchs and he's come very very close to scoring very good goals for rsl too especially that one in vancouver yeah so if you want to give him that license to tuck in and play like that inverted wingback role like sure you can you can account for that if you have somebody playing on the left side that's accommodating that yeah Uh, but in front of him was albert rusnak so let's let's go from there yeah so third goal which is again where you mentioned things really started going poorly uh, was um it was it was just horrific from from Everton it was bad from 
Aaron Herrera, it was bad from Pablo Ruiz. It was bad. Just, I, I mean, those things that we talked about, like, you know, we mentioned this towards the beginning of the season when center backs weren't really like a huge problem for us. I mean, obviously we, we know how, how error prone Marcelo Silva can be, but like this team was not giving up multiple, huh? You can plan for Silva. Yeah, and we did. And, and we did. And like we weren't giving up multiple goals per game for the most part. Like it was a rarity for us to give up more than two goals. Two yeah, goals we legitimately was a went half the season before we gave up two goals in a game. Yeah. And then so we and and, I, you know, we knew we wanted center back depth. We had Eric Holt playing some games and we were, you know, drawing or losing. But we it was like one zero and it wasn't necessarily our defender's fault. A lot of this was on just like the just disastrous like organization among Paulo Ruiz and Everton, Everton Louise. And it, that just like continued really starkly in this game. And that third goal was just like, I don't know. Aaron had just gotten switched to uh, ostensibly a new position. Don't really know. Not really sure what we were doing at this point. We hadn't really settled. We never got settled in again. Um, but yeah, he lets was, Blanco beat him on the le- on the right side. Yeah, he lets Blanco beat him and then tucks in and doesn't cover anyone and opts to do like a double team with Eric Holt and then leaves while a guy Eric, for Eric Holt's also yeah. backing off there. Like, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it's well, it's nuts. And then <laughs> leaving the guy that he should have picked up to Everton and Everton didn't pick him up. <laughs> so Yeah, no, Everton just like gave up on the play. And like before, I, before it happened, I would have liked to see Aaron go, you know, track that man, seeing as he just got beat. There was a switch that took place. He should have followed the guy that he could have covered then. But Everton also should have seen that not taking place and doing that, which he definitely like saw. It looked like he saw and then just didn't care or something and then just let it happen. Yeah. So Everton yeah. is actually like he's he keeps on. Is that Yimmy Chara who scores that goal? Yeah, Yimichara yes, scores a beauty. Yeah. So, so he moves to pick up Yimichara. Um, and then when Yimichara tucks in centrally, like he Everton's just jogging. <laughs> and yeah. I'm watching the goal right here. So he's, it's a tremendous shot, right? Like it's a great goal. Great shot. Like, it, it's a great right shot. It. Like at, when he gets open, it's and then at, at the point when he's open, it's still there's still some work to be done. Like he places it top right corner just beautifully. Yeah. But he's totally free. And then you see Everton like He's he's jogged back into the box and he just like raises his hands in disgust. And it makes me wonder, like, what is what is he complaining about there? <laughs> he did that on two or three of the goals and at least two of them. I remember watching and thinking like, Everton, that was you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Joe's going to get up and yell at you because you were the one that missed the assignment or messed it up or whatever. No, I got to give just I got to defend Aaron a little bit on this play. We're looking at the screenshot. You're watching a video, I guess, Matt. I'm not yeah. seeing that. But from what I remember on the play, so Chara comes up to left. Everton's kind of covering him. When Chara makes that pass out to whoever that is, Blanco, that goes out wide? Yeah. That Holt's covering? It seemed like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like Aaron steps into the middle to try to like intercept the pass and just misses. And that takes him away from Blanco. And then Blanco gets the pass back to Chara and Chara's wide open at that point. Yeah. So Herrera's making a play and like, it's an acceptable play on the ball, but it's, it's just like, and it leaves to guard. 
Blanco and then Everton just lets Chara do whatever he wants. As soon as Chara passed that ball, Everton checked out of the play. Yeah. Yeah. It's really bad. It's, it was astonishing. I was just like, dude, what are we doing? Like that was just like every single person that could have been involved in that play just did poorly. And I mean, uh, to varying degrees, but I was just like, like Everton in particular, I was just like, come on, man. Like what, what are you there for? Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you in that position? If you're not going to like, and I mean, to put in Portillo <laughs> or something like I, I can't, I can't like, why is Justin Portillo on the roster? Is he on the roster? Yeah, he's, he's on, on the roster. He's on the roster. He's just could, also, would he really be worse than Everton right now? No, there's no way there's he's worse no, than Everton right now. Well, ever, okay, yeah, right now. I mean, I know what Everton <laughs> no. used to be like. <laughs> like I, I think, I mean, this is not a hot take, but Everton, like, is a good player, has been a good player, he's been a good player for the last a good player. But was, for the yeah. last little bit, he's been very bad. And when he's bad, he's atrocious. Yeah. Like it's actively just... harmful. Yep. Yeah. Um, so fourth goal, uh, Yumi Char is just dribbling through the midfield on a counter. <laughs> we lose the ball again, like in the, not just the attacking third, but like the edge of the box. Uh, and, and they spring a counter immediately. And again, Everton Louise is, bad uh noah powder is not an amazing defender and it doesn't seem like he was being asked to be an amazing defender there um but it made me like very curious um why i mean why is everton the the one staying back on on uh corner kicks like we started putting i sorry aaron herrera further up and like I get that, but you you just look at the traditional like keep your fullbacks back approach, and I wonder if just keeping it that simple maybe helps us there. Somebody who can actually defend. Yeah, but <laughs> again, it's that's the plan for this team. Like we don't keep our fullbacks back because our fullbacks are part of the attack. I know that it's a corner kick, and you know you're putting it into the middle or the mixer or whatever. But the plan generally is on offense. We have two guys stay back, and it's the last couple of games. It's been Holt and Everton are the two guys that are back. They're, are they the best guys to keep back on a corner kick? No, obviously not. But like that's that's the game plan, and that's what the team is sticking to. Yeah, it's a dumb idea. Yeah, <laughs> just get the two slowest guys to defend a possible counter situation. All right, somebody take goal five. Which one? I think I might have. I, I don't remember what happened on this one. This like legitimately from goal four on, I don't recall specific scenarios at all. I, I just either. remember thinking that was terrible. This is the worst. I think I we're even, so bad. For a moment, I switched on the BYU football game instead. I was just like, <laughs> this is her-. I was like, what is going I was like, I can't watch this. And then I went back and then saw us get scored on at least one more time. Oh, this is the one. Okay. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. This is the one where they basically counter and there's I don't remember the whole thing what I remember I just read your tweet was somebody gets the ball Moreno I guess gets the ball near the top of the 18 and Holt decides to defend him in his very hockey style of defending where he basically just goes into the guy and like hip checks him and doesn't defend against a pass doesn't try to block a pass doesn't try to contain him at all and this is in the box like if that pass hadn't led to a goal like we're looking at a penalty situation Possibly, yeah. Like it was not careful at all. Just knocks the guy down. 
And lets him make the pass to the wide open guy who's also not being covered who scores a goal. Like, yeah, it just Yeah. It was that all game. Uh, uh it was the same then, same scenario. Just they find an open guy who's magically not being defended. Yeah. And he scores. So it was uh, number six. Number six was almost the same thing. Um Eric Holt plows into a player again. Oh no, he uh goes in for a like a demolishing slide tackle. Uh like 30 yards from the goal, like 35 yards from goal. And then comfortably. You know, they they get in a good position. Eric, you know, our center back is taking himself out of the play to demolish. Was it Valeri at that point? I don't remember. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Demolish. <laughs> like it's, uh, but he he makes a pass uh, out to Paredes on the wing, and he just dribbles in, mostly uncontested, and gets a shot off and scores. Yeah. So here's what I'm curious about. Um, should we see Eric Holt start again no. for Real Salt Lake oh. ever? I know it's a leading question. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, no, but we're going to, I'm sure, especially with Marcelo Silva still hurt. Like he's probably yeah. going to start on Wednesday. It's disastrous. Do we think, do we think mean, that the the four man back line that we did for the second half? Do you think we see that again? I have no idea. I I have. I mean, as you know, what Tom Hackett said is one of his favorite things about Pablo is that he does not GAF and he loves that about him. So who knows? Pablo said this was the exact same as losing one zero. So I can't, I, if, if, if he really means that, then I don't see why he takes anything more than just this being a one zero loss that, you know, we just lost the game. If he really thinks that, then why would I expect any <laughs> big changes? Because it worked the week before. So it's such a wildly like upsetting thing to hear a coach say. It really is. Yeah, and and here's the big difference. So I did a lot of looking at our our goal difference over time. I updated my little form guide app to make that easy. When uh, when uh, Freddie, I almost forgot his name. That's amazing. Left the <laughs> team. We were like joint seventh place in the league on goal difference. Pretty good, right? Like yeah. Um, we are now joint, uh, what was it? 20th? No, we're, it was like 23rd. Sorry. That's, that's goals against. We were, we were joint sixth or seventh. Uh, and now we are, uh, again, the, one of the worst, uh, like seventh worst or sixth worst in the league dropping like 20 places in that. And, and goals against is not. A super meaningful metric when it comes to the standings, right? Goal right. difference, on the other hand, uh, does matter. I mean, um, because well, yeah, right There's now, outliers, but uh, so the the first tiebreaker in the standings in MLS is wins. Um, LAFC has played the same number of matches as us, nine wins. Uh, if they, you know, depending on results, you know, they're only three points behind us. Um. Vancouver, three points behind us, uh, but have eight wins. So, I mean, we're not looking at imminent danger there. But as our goal difference starts dropping, that's the second tiebreaker. And it would not be unusual to see us, like, lose out on playoffs on a tiebreaker, like, yeah. goal difference. With how cl- so, yeah, with it's been so close the entire season, especially. Yeah. So, we went from, what we conceded, what, 20 goals under 
Freddie this season? Not ideal, I, I, certainly. Twenty six, maybe twenty three in twenty games. Yeah, yeah, that that's the right. numbers I have in my head. But yeah, either way, we had certain. a pretty decent defense. And then we've we've concert, conceded the remaining number of goals we've allowed this year under Pablo in six games. Like we're we're giving up three goals a game under Pablo. Period. And it's uh, ugh, mind-boggling it's, it's that uh, until this game, like it's insane. The chorus was shouting for Pablo as our head coach. Yeah, so that's kind of what I I was like. I was talking about this on Twitter the other night and I, I mean, I, I like, I know I I heard from some people who are like, oh, I'm kind of glad this kind of brought me down back to earth a little bit regarding Pablo, which is, a, it's a humble thing to say. And I appreciate that people were like, yeah, maybe I was like feeling a little too like hasty about it. Um, and I, and I, and I, I was saying some stuff about it. Like, it's like for those who were so adamant that like oh now it's 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 come down to like essentially just pablo or like he's like he's proving himself right now like he's making the case as to why he should should get the gig and all this stuff it's like better they need to explain as to why if they still feel that way then why this is not a big deal that we've just started hemorrhaging goals um as soon as he's taken over and the excuse after game one i mean that was the game after freddie left us but what's the excuse now yeah, you get that um, excuse once, right? Yeah, like, I was like, but fair. we're six games in, and Pablo, I mean, his Colorado team that he was a head coach of was incredibly strong defensively. Um, that's all they did well, actually. And um, so what's going on now? And the point I was making wasn't that, you know, this is all Pablo's fault right now. All I'm saying is is if the last few games, if it, all that was him was was proving the fact that he deserves it, then what's the explanation? Like, I'm not saying this is all his fault right now, but we have been measurably worse defensively defensively in every single possible way since he took over, including the most important one. And I'm just trying to figure out why that is. And it's a bit concerning because we just gave up. uh, We looked, I mean, we looked horrific (laughs) against Portland. Like, there's there's just... No two ways about it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It's... I mean, it's on, just insane to me. On the one hand, and this is again, this is a, just another example of like how stats in analytics and all that like matters, but like in context, um, to defend Pablo as a head coach, we've won three out of six games. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's better, much better than Freddie was. Um, but yeah, when you look at it, like just from that perspective and i know i say a lot that like winning's winning and like it doesn't matter how you win as long as you win but this is one of the cases where like it kind of does matter (laughs) how you lose when you mean and it matters how we beat like san jose for instance like i'm glad we won at san jose we won four three (laughs) like that was an insane game. Like, and, that, I, and we won that game. I mean, Albert said it in the post game. We won that game because the players were motivated and they were like, "We have to win. We're gonna go out and we're gonna win." And yeah. every single time they went down, they were like, "We've got to go score goals because we have to win this game." And like yeah. that mentality is great and awesome, and I love it very much. But then you have a game like this against Portland, and that mentality is gone. And apparently, 
that's what Pablo is so good at is building players up and hyping them up and giving the big passionate halftime speech and getting effort out of players. And we didn't see any of that at all. Like even a little bit. Yeah. So (laughs) one of the things things Pablo kept talking about after the game, he talked about it on, on TV in his little post-match interview. He talked about it in the post-match post-match press conference. Uh, He, he kept mentioning that the team was high on their hog, uh, that they were, you know, gotten ahead of themselves um, and, and you know, who like actually like matters in controlling that is your coach that you're claiming is a great motivator. And if your coach is like hyping players to a point where they like, oh, they've won nine points out of five games or 10 points out of five games for the first time this year, like fantastic. Uh, if, if he's bring them to that point that they now have no like realism in their their play then well he, that's that's on the coach right yeah no he and he immediately i think it was in the post game like actual press conference he said the thing that like this team has been saying for a while now and it's a very concerning thing for a team to be saying halfway through the season is like they were like every game now we have to go like next week's a must win we we must <laughs> be treating it like a final because it is if we don't win like our season's over like that was kind of the attitude he was like we need to go to austin and we need to get three points against austin yeah that attitude of like every game's a cup final like that's a for sure sign your team is just a bad team <laughs> like it's it's not strong mentally it, you know what i mean like yeah we've got i don't know how many games left 10 games left in the season but like when you're already saying that eight. at this point eight games, eight games yeah. yeah when you're already saying that at this point <sighs> mentally it's it's a real problem yeah we're we're on 42 points if we get eight eight points out of these last eight games we will almost certainly be in the playoffs yeah, so yeah, I, I think that's yeah, good to point to go out. Back like, to it, like credit to Pablo because we've got what is that? Let me do math. Nine of those points in the last six games. Yeah. Pablo, like that's big. Yeah, and that and that's all. And uh, again, this is all fine. Um, and like you can still think that you know he's in or out or not. You know, not decided for the head coaching job. I would argue it should definitely be the undecided one because. Like, I mean, my whole confusion was why people were so willing to already, you know, be giving him the reins when it's like we've been giving up a lot of goals. Yeah, we've been winning some games, too, which is good. But like there's clearly some problems going on here. So when he talks about like it being like a, oh, this team got too cocky after beating Seattle, who was bad one zero. I mean, where we played well, it's not like we we really just right. Yeah. Were we really just like cocky or was like we looked completely unprepared for what we knew portland was going to be doing like is that cockiness or were we just set up to i mean we we knew they were going to counterattack, and five of their six goals came from a counterattack. like yeah it's uh, not even like about the style of play for me the other thing we haven't mentioned it but do you guys know what the record for portland over their last six games has been no bad i think phenomenal oh good like okay. unbelievable they've won five of their last six the one that they didn't win they tied and that was so at home to we went in against a team that had better run of form than seattle oh the and best run some- of form like in the league at the moment right and so we're somehow cocky about it like i i don't i don't buy that the team is just cocky like uh, we obviously saw some players doing some really stupid bad things but like 
was it really just a matter of them being, oh, we were just too high on our hog. Love that because of Seattle. Like, is that really the problem? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Pretty skeptical of that, but Hey, as I, as knows? I look at this form chart, did you know that in any five game period, the fewest amount of points that new England has won is seven. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, that's through the course of the season. Like that's their low point. Ugh. Yeah. Why yeah, New England's uh really good. That's like our high point. this year. Does Bruce Arena want to come over here? Um, no. Yeah. That, okay. Uh, huh. I'll take someone else instead. We, we have beautiful mountains. Yeah, he seems he seems Bruce like a Arena, famous mountain lover. I was gonna say he seems like a like a uh, small fishing town coast guy. Oh so yeah, yeah, that's fair. New England seems kind of perfect for him, I yeah. guess. I think he's very much like a New England guy, and the only reason like he enjoyed being on the West Coast is because it's like L.A. Like he lived in L.A. for like 15 years, and who can really get mad about that? But like the whole rest of his coaching career was on the East Coast. Yeah, I guess yeah. You're right. Hmm. I get it. It's cool. All right. Well, I mean, well, I guess for the national team, but that doesn't really count. Yeah, that's all over, right? Headquartered in Connecticut. <laughs> Uh, Chicago now. Chicago. Chicago was Connecticut back in the day, but now it's yeah. Chicago. All right. So uh, anything else about this game we should talk about? Are, are we exhausted all topics? I'm just... I I think yeah. I'm kind of falling on the side of Kyle, where it's like, this is obviously a very, very like damning performance for Pablo to have been in charge of. Yeah. But I still like... <sighs> I'm struggling because the first like couple games with Pablo, I thought it was a disaster, like from start to finish. And I wasn't excited about him at all. But like I said, the results do like speak. He is winning games. I'm kind of curious to see if he can continue doing that because like I said, one or two of those wins, I don't know that they're really Pablo's fault. Like the San Jose game, maybe that was Pablo's fault, but that was very much like straight up effort that won that game. Yeah. And then the Seattle game was straight up. I'm going to call it luck. Like Seattle played a terrible game and I don't think that was our fault. And if it was our fault, we can't replicate it because we haven't done it to anybody else yet. You know what? It, it, it might also be a little extra motivation, right? Playing against uh, Freddie Juarez. Freddie. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that's what so many of these games are, right? So you've got the first game that's like, I mean, it's tough because Freddie is the game before or the game right after Freddie leaves. Then you have like, okay, let's make up for that type of game. And a lot of this is coming down to like the mentality of these players. And then you have like the game where Demir Krylock isn't there. And then you have like, so the whole thing of judging Pablo and, you know, saying he's like, he's doing his master class on all of these games is like any of these games could have gone the exact opposite and it wouldn't have surprised me at all. Like yeah, you, both, every single game, I didn't feel like we had this like incredibly, um, you know, I think the closest game we, we came to dominant was that Dallas game that we almost gave away. So like, um, yeah, I'm not convinced of anything <laughs> either way. I, I honestly just don't know. Yeah. It, it's not something that you can like, trust to be replicated right like right. that's why i don't come from like yeah yeah so like it's good that he's winning games and i mean you if you're going to give him credit for the losses and the poor performances you kind of have to give him credit for the wins for sure and i get that but yeah I, i'm really falling back to being undecided like if he can get 
those wins over a consistently long period of time, if you can win every other game, like, yeah, hire, make him a coach. I don't care if we give up three goals. If we're winning 50% of our games, that's great. But <sighs> I, just, I can't see how that's sustainable. And you know, I can't I- see how good performances can be replicated over and over under this guy. And maybe that's a small data sample, but it's been the same result pretty much. Well, and that's kind of like my concern is like, I think it's more concerning. Like I think giving up as many goals as we have and, and winning the same amount. So, so say under Freddie, we have 10 games and we win, the same and uh, under each coach we have 10 games and under freddie we win the same amount as pablo but under pablo we give up twice as many goals but we win the same amount that's more concerning to me because i feel like goals have just generally been harder to come by and and defensively it feels like has always been a bit more in our control and that's what i that's almost that's one of the things i liked under freddie is that like i felt like our defenders were putting in good performances and we weren't giving up a lot of goals and i think that's a lot more comfortable in the chaotic nature of what's been going on under Pablo. And I don't think that like, and I, and I think that honestly, like with, when it comes to his fire or hiring, his potential hiring is a negative against him. I think that Elliot and folks will be look being like, even if you have these, this record, which if it's points per game, if it's the same under uh, Pablo as it is Freddie or something like that, why are you giving up three times as many goals? Like, that's a negative against him that I think is going to need to be explained by him or fixed and both, I guess. But it's not, I mean, again, like, yeah, how is that not he, though? Cause you, this you, is all you, his job interview right now. Well, yeah. And he's not fixing the obvious problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's going to be a negative against him. And that's why I don't see him as a shoe in. And I don't even know if he like, and it, it, again, I never thought that it should, the decision should be made on him. It, like before the season ends, like you can give him the rest of the season to, to run it out. That's fine. Um, depending on how it goes, but like, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like that's, it's an incredibly, that, that feels like a very dangerous move to give the reins over to a coach who just had his teams just start bleeding goals. The second he took over immediately. Yeah. Winning. Sure. But like, uh, it's just been nuts. (laughs) And it's, and, and even like, if I think front offices like the uh, might be a bit more comfortable with the one uh, zero wins than the four three wins, but hey, I don't know. I mean, I am as a fan. I am. I yeah, mean, I, I am too. I, I, like just the defense. Like it's crazy how different it is. Like I, it's it feels it feels out of control, and that is what I think is is risky. It's it feels out of control. It might go our way because it's so out of control. It might really not go our way like it didn't in portland like you do not freddie juarez did not have a loss like <laughs> like whatever that was <laughs> and that's they weren't going to keep freddie supposedly so um yeah, yeah. i guess that's a, that's a question for you guys say that we lost like that against portland or, or say this run of form like stayed exactly the same but but uh freddie was still our coach like, would you be calling for him to be fired? Well, I mean, let's I'm go like back a to when Freddie not a personal level. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's go back to before Freddie left. How many fans were calling for him to be fired at that point? <laughs> I think all I of our opinions would be the better. same. I don't think there are people that suddenly get turned around and are like, "Oh yeah, I like this Freddie guy." Now that we're giving up three times as many goals over the last six games, yeah. 
I, I would have been unhappy. Yeah, I would have been unhappy with him as a coach, but I would have maintained the same opinion I did before he quit. That was like, this is what we got until we got a new owner, which I still yeah. honestly think would have been the case. Like, I, I, I think we would have seen the season out with Freddie had he not quit. Yeah. I think there was, I mean, that might not be true. And according to like, I mean, I talked to Trey about it. Like that may not have been true. And he actually alluded to that on Twitter <laughs> saying that might not have been true. And he talked about, it. I don't know when else he said that, but, um, so yeah, I don't know. It might not have been true, but that's just what it seemed like is like, regardless of what happens with the results, we're keeping Friday because too much is in limbo right now with ownership, which we still don't know anything about, of course. So yeah, I really felt like yeah. with Freddie and probably, I mean, with Pablo now in kind of the same boat, unless we're like severely out of the playoff race, which we're not, and I don't think we're going to be at any point this season, like unless we're so far out of the playoff race, I, I don't think the team ever would have made a change without new ownership. Yeah, I think, yeah. And we probably just wouldn't have renewed Freddie at the end of the year. Which um, apparently we weren't going to be doing anyway. Yeah. And so. that's fine. And that and that was fine with me, honestly. Like, it was yeah. frustrating. There were times, I, I was, of course, criticizing Freddie, but I wasn't, like, I wasn't getting my hopes up that, like, oh, a change is going to be made because I just didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah. You know, and, and to be fair, a lot of our criticisms were that, like he wasn't reacting to things maybe uh, that he was kind of thin skinned. That was one yeah. of my bigger problems that he had a very thin skin with media. hundred percent. That was really annoying. <laughs> Actually, I re- that was my least favorite thing about him. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to make one more point real quick sure. about Pablo. Kyle started talking and it reminded me there was a coach in uh, Italy, obviously. Um, that used to like talking about being out of control. He had a system that he played that was just super aggressive offensively. And like when it worked, they were undefeatable. Like whatever team he was coaching, if they've bought in and played the way he wanted them to play, they were scoring three goals every game, like consistently and easily. But they also gave up somewhere between two and four goals every single game. And so it was that kind of out of control but in a controlled way kind of team where it was just chaos every single game because they were just so committed to going forward and not so committed to playing defense. And it makes for really exciting games, but at the end of the day, like it's not a sustainable system at all to play. You're not going to win a championship playing that way. You're going to have an entertaining team and you're going to have people tuning in to watch because it's fun. So to answer your question, like if Pablo keeps doing this kind of thing where we beat good teams and we have exciting games and there's five or six goals every single game, for sure it's out of control, but there's entertainment in that if he can maintain that. But I don't know that Pablo can or wants to or should like it's it's not (laughs) it's not a good thing for your coach to just be like. Yeah, I don't care if we give up two or three goals because we're going to score three or four goals, especially with this team where there's no evidence that we can do that. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, it's been done before by other coaches where they just don't care about defense. All they care about is offense. And there's five or six goals in every single game. It's exciting. And if we were that team, that'd be a lot of fun. As a fan, I I think I would enjoy that. Like I said, you're not going to win a championship that way. You're not going (laughs) to succeed in the playoffs that way. You're just going to have a lot of heartbreaking games and a lot of really fun games. It's just going to be a roller coaster. And I'm afraid that like 
that's what Pablo is at this point. That's you know, all he's shown be. to be. It's just a roller coaster. I, I might be almost okay with that if it didn't mean we had to play Eric Holt in the <laughs> middle of their center back trio. I mean, that that that's also what it comes back to is that we just don't have the personnel to be playing whatever formation Pablo thinks we should be playing. Like we just yeah. don't. I like I like an Aaron Herrera on the wing. I think that's great. But we have three center backs and two of them are Eric Holt and Tony Dotkovich. Yeah. Like and <laughs> like we were seeing how this is going and it's bad. So I mean Yeah, it is bad. Bless his heart for trying, I guess, but I guess we are seeing how that goes very poorly when a team finds you out very quickly and is like, oh, two of those guys, two of their three defenders back there suck and we're going to punish them. Yep. And they did. So. So one little trivia item. The last time in MLS that there was a five goal differential in a game appears to be week 15. So weeks 16 to 25, when you expect teams to start getting a little more sane with the way they play, uh, <laughs> the greatest appears to be four. Was it, was it Cincinnati? Uh, that five? No, it was uh, New York Toronto. City FC beating Orlando City. Oh, oh that makes sense. And then Dude, Orlando that's, City. That same week, and, uh, New England beat Inter-Miami 5-0. Oh, Nice. Uh, for some reason, NYCFC games and Orlando City FC games are always so good because I mean they came in at the same time, so there's like a like a little rivalry there. Yeah, it's um, the uh, old RSL Chivas rivalry. Yeah, it's cool. I I like those games. Yeah, they're insane. I'm, they had that playoff game last year. Anyway, can I um do a pop quiz with stats really quick on the last yes. game? What's guess we can who, end on? Guess which player had. The worst pass success rating on the team, including was it Eric? Was it Eric Holt? It was not Eric Holt. Oh my! I swear, I was uh, gonna say. Did they play the full match or at least sixty minutes? They. How many minutes did they play? No, they came on as a substitution. Was it Johnny oh, Menendez? It was Johnny Menendez. Johnny Menendez had a seventy-five percent pass success rating. Oh, that's pretty good. Guess what <laughs> Eric Holt's was? What? 76. Oh, Oof, right. that, fair enough. I mean, Justin Glad had 84. Datkovich was 91. And Ochoa had 80. Datkovich, honestly, when he's got the ball on his feet, it, I, I feel pretty comfortable with him. It just yeah. appears to be the whole defending thing is becoming a problem, which is kind of a problem when you're a center back. But I don't know. We were so hopeful at the beginning. How naive we were. Yeah. I mean, I'm just so over. <laughs> I'm over. I mean, if, yeah. I, the, just this 352 is putting a spotlight directly on how bad that back line is. And that's really, it's really tough, honestly. Um, I haven't given up on anyone, I guess. The closest, I mean, I'm. I think we've pretty much seen the end of Everton from what it seems like. It just doesn't feel like it's going up from the up, up from here. Yeah. Which is really disappointing. I don't know what, what exactly it is. It could be long COVID like Matt said. For all we know. Um, I don't know. I not Paulo Ruiz also is kind of just up in the air for me. He's had a really, I think weak season. He's had a couple good games, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And when he plays well, we do really well. But uh, 
Yeah, we we do. Everything about this formation exposes the players in a different yeah. way. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's exhausting, and I'm I'm ready to be done. Me too. It's a very fun thing, and I'm always going to be pro three man back line. <laughs> Just stop I, for this it, team. As a general rule, I like the formation. Yeah. Like with, said, like, with the players we have, I do not. I Dunny said it on the broadcast, and I think a few other prominent people have said that like they thought this team was built for a three-man back line, and a three-man back line is the way to go. It, I've been calling for RSL to play a three-man back line for years, but like as a goof, because <laughs> and especially this year, like they're not like they don't have the roster for it no they, they yeah. simply don't and if they did if they wanted to build a roster around it like go for it i'm all in yeah on the three-man back line but also this I also it. i was supportive of it as a means in order to get like a bobby wood ruby rubin sure pairing up top yeah which um, we haven't seen which of course we haven't seen i i'd even again put demir mm. in everton's spot or I guess I put him there, make Demir play eight again and put like Julio or something like I would like to see Julio up top. Maybe I don't know, but I don't I'm I'm over using Demir at striker in order to play Everton and Pablo together. But maybe we just need Demir at striker. Maybe that's just what we need you, to do. You know where Demir played really well this season? Attacking he midfield played really well at attacking yeah, midfield yeah. when when Albert was getting better at the wing too. Yeah. Mind you. And but we, now we can't play Albert on the wing because it requires an Aaron Herrera type. So. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So we've moved away from that. I was honestly starting to like Albert on the wing there, but yeah, I did like Demir at attacking midfield. I honestly liked that quite a bit. Yep. <laughs> Which maybe this isn't that much different ish, I guess, because he's just a second striker that could drop. I, I don't but know he, what's but going he's not, on, right? But he's not. You know, what he's we, going for crosses. You know, what we've got to do drop Demir back, at, you know, in the 10 ish role. Yeah. Put Albert Rusnak up there. Let him roam. Like, let him play we, the Bobby and the Spindler role. Which, yeah, wild, Albert Rusnak as a false nine against the New York Red Bulls last year. And I liked it. Yeah. Um, let's, let's do that. Like, he's an attacking player. Let him yeah. attack and leash him. Like, I think that's kind of. That's, that's one of the things that I like about this three five two or whatever it's turned into is Rusnak does have and has had a lot more freedom to kind of get the ball wherever and be wherever you know what I mean like mm-hmm. he floats a lot more um, and is able to in theory be involved a lot more. I really like that with Rusnak. I don't think that Rusnak has a set position and I don't think he really succeeds when he's got to stick to one spot on the field. Yeah. And we've yeah. seen that all season. You'll like, still see him drop super far back in game. Like, yeah. And that's, <laughs> just, that's, I'm fine with it. I it's, like it too. Actually. It's not hurting us and it lets him like come find the game wherever he needs to find it. Mm-hmm. And if, but like earlier in the season when we were like keeping him on the wing and he had to be like the wide midfielder, and he wasn't really able to come in. He wasn't really succeeding. He wasn't really doing well. And then as soon as he kind of got the freedom to move around or play in the center, all of a sudden he's a much better player. Yeah. So I, I don't think you need to like define, or I don't think you should define like Rusnak's role. I think he's just an attacking player. And if you want to have 
Krylock and Wood and Rubin up top, Rusnak can still just find space. Yeah. You don't need to like worry about where he's going to fit in. He's going to fit in. Yep. All right. Should we talk San Jose or uh, LA Galaxy? I don't even know who we're playing. Some California. We play the Galaxy. We're playing the Galaxy. At home. At home. I really hope we win. Yay. I mean, the Galaxy have been pretty trash lately. They just lost to Austin FC last night, who is like the worst team in the league, I think. Yeah. Yeah. One of them. Yeah, we we should. These are must win. (laughs) Must win. (laughs) This is a cup final. Yeah. Now we've got LA has not won a game since August 14th. (laughs) <laughs> they lost oh, Colorado. Like they lost that. to San Jose. They tied LAFC, Colorado, and Houston. They lost to Minnesota, and then they lost to Austin FC. So they have three points from their last seven games. Oh, we're going to lose, aren't we? I mean, it's shaping up for that. <laughs> let's be honest. Is Chicharito playing? I'm he did not play last night. Or wait, maybe he did. Hang on. Let's actually look at the lineup. He's not on their injury report, so. He did play. Uh, looks like a full 90. Uh, but I think he was a sub against Minnesota, and I think he was injured before that. Hmm. Eh, maybe not. I don't know. I'm not keeping track. But if Chicharito plays, he's going to score four goals. Yeah, probably true. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, I'll this, be there. This will be fun. Uh, I'm excited to see you guys, maybe. Yeah, that'll be nice. Are you going to be in the stands, in the in the box? Um, I don't know. Yeah, probably, probably. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll figure that out. Cool. I'll see. Well, the uh, match preview for this game is the same as it's been every single game under Pablo. Yep. We're gonna. There's gonna be a lot of goals. So bet the over. <laughs> yeah. That's, hey, that's a good call. We've only not hit the over in one game, and it was a Seattle game. Yeah. Which you feel good about because you won. So you're yeah. willing to accept the loss, right? <laughs> Well, no, I didn't. I didn't actually bet on that game. I bet on two oh, no. or three of the last seven games, and that one I didn't bet on. Ah, good for no, you. No, that one I did bet. I bet that Seattle was going to win because they had really good odds, and yeah. obviously Seattle was supposed to win that game. So, yep. But whatever, that's that's gambling. Sometimes you don't win the easy ones. Yep. Well, we started with Trevor going to church, and we've ended with Trevor <laughs> gambling. So uh, it's perfect. I think it's time to call it. Also, I've all right. I've downed an energy drink and half the single water, so I've I've really got to take a little yeah, that's, away. That's where that's where I'm at too. Yep. All right. So uh, good night, guys. Good night, everyone. Good night.